Are you looking for the easiest and most straightforward way to get your visa and start a hospitality career in Australia? Well, look no further. In this week's episode, I'm going to show you how you can be working as a professional in the hospitality industry in Australia in no time. Hi, I'm Rhea Favole, CEO and founder of Solvi Migration, providing simple solutions for Australian migration. If you want to work, study, or even just vacay in Australia, then you've come to the right place for expert tips on how to stop the confusion and choose the right pathway for a holiday, student visa, or permanent residency in Australia. Join me on Making Australian Migration Easy. As we say in Australia, no worries, mate. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the eighth episode of Making Australian Migration Easy. My name is Rhea Favole, and I'm your host. I'm the CEO and founder of Solvi Migration. And before becoming the founder of Solvi Migration, I worked in the Australian Immigration Department as an official for 12 years. Now, the team at Solvi Migration help people to come to Australia and find work in their dream industries. So let's talk about the best visa options to come and do that in hospitality. Let's make your Australian dreams come true. A lot of people don't know this, but Australia actually has some really amazing opportunities when it comes to working in hospitality. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about how to get a visa and what types of visas are available and where in Australia. I just want you to sit back and relax, listen in, and of course, there'll be a bonus for the valued listeners at the end of the show. Last week's episode, I was in the hot seat. I was interviewed by migration agent Krunel Nayak on his podcast, My Australian Journey. We talked about my experience working in the immigration department. I provided some tips on what it was like and how it operates, as well as some anecdotes of my own thoughts on the policy making in the immigration space in Australia. This week, I want to jump back to talking to you about visa options to come to Australia, specifically working in hospitality. So there are lots of opportunities to come to Australia and live and work in the hospitality sector. So today's episode, I would like to cover off explaining what I mean by the hospitality industry, how the hospitality industry is performing in Australia in terms of the the job opportunities. And then I want to talk a little bit about the different types of roles that are actually on the skilled occupation list in Australia that are in the hospitality industry, getting your skills assessed so that you can actually have a pathway to migrate under using your skills in hospitality. And finally, I'll be talking about the different visa options to consider to come and work in hospitality in Australia. Now, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the different types of skilled occupations in hospitality that have migration pathways. And then, of course, the skills assessments that you'll need to have to demonstrate that you can meet those requirements. So some of the roles, it's quite exciting. There's a variety. It can include things like working as a chef, so cooking amazing meals for customers, hotel and motel managers to ensure the smooth running of um, guest accommodation, bartenders, so you can get shaking, stirring and put your flipping uh, skills to, to work in a bar in regional areas in Australia, cafe and restaurant managers to make sure the operations of cafes and restaurants offer great experiences for customers and conference and event organisers to help tailoring uh, events to um, client needs. Very specialised area, food technologists. There's a range of visas available for food technologists as well. And in wait staff who take orders and deliver food and drinks, 
there's lots of opportunities in regional Australia. Now, remember, even though that you may have gained skills in your home country, your qualifications do need to be assessed to see if they're in line with Australia's requirements for migration. Australia has what's called, I've mentioned this before, the Australian Qualifications Framework, and that is to assess whether or not you meet the standardised requirements in Australia. So I'll give you your first bit of homework to do, and that is to assess whether or not your current occupation and your skills and experience are on a skilled list for Australia. Then from there, you'll need to work out the type of visas and locations of those visas that might be available for you. Once you've figured out the visa, then you'll know that you're in a position to look at your skills. So you'll need to understand if your qualifications and experience meet the requirements for migration in Australia for hospitality jobs. Most of that will be assessed by VetAssess and I'll pop a link to their website in the show so you can have a look at what the requirements are to meet the occupation standards. So as you can see, there is a lot that you need to uh, cover off in your homework with your research. And of course, make sure you get the right advice so you plan your migration here properly. So if you don't yet have the skills of work experience, you might say, Ray, I want to work in hospitality, but I don't yet have those qualifications. You can come to Australia and actually study. Just make sure that you're studying in part of hospitality that is going to have a, the correct pathway. And if you're a young person, you may be interested in coming to Australia for a gap year from your studies and you can work while you earn money. And if that's the case, a working holiday visa is probably the best option for you. There's two different types of working holiday visas and there are slight differences between those and you'll need to see that your passport is on one of those lists. So one is called the subclass 417 working holiday visa and the other is the four, subclass 462 work and holiday visa. And they're both valid for 12 months, but the 462 is subject to caps. So there's different amounts on there. Those quirky differences are because each country has a different bilateral agreement with Australia. So your government has reached an agreement with the Australian government. So that's why it's slightly different for each country. Anyway, so to be eligible for the 461, you need to have a passport from Belgium, Canada, Cyprus, Denmark, Estonia, Finland, France, Germany, Hong Kong, Ireland, Italy, Japan, South Korea, Malta, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, Taiwan, and United Kingdom. So you'll need to be age 18 to 30 years of age when you, when you apply, although you can be up to the age of 35 if you have a passport from Canada, Denmark, France, Ireland, or Italy. Again, that's because of the bilateral agreements that have been formed with those governments. Whereas for the subclass 462, you, these are different passports again and slightly different requirements. And you need to have a passport either from Argentina, Austria, Brazil, Chile, China, uh, the Czech Republic, Ecuador, Greece, Hungary, Indonesia, Israel, Luxembourg, Malaysia, Mongolia, Peru, Poland. Uh, there's a few more. There's also Portugal, San Marino, Singapore, Slovak Republic, Slovenia, Spain, Switzerland, Thailand, and Turkey, Uruguay, and United States of America. Then Vietnam was most recently added, and we're hoping to see India added sometime in 2023. 
So again, for this visa, you will need to be 18 to 30 years of age at the time of your application. You'll also need to meet the functional English requirements and you need to have completed at least two years of undergraduate, that's university study, and some countries you need permission from your government. If you want to extend that visa, you will need to do at least four months work on a farm. But apart from that, you can go and work anywhere. And so a lot of people choose to work in hospitality. And the only thing that I would caution with that is there's a lot of people who I will see who did working holidays, they decide they want to stay in Australia, but they've sort of worked all over the place and they're their qualifications may not match the kind of work that they've done afterwards. So make sure you're still planning what your migration might look like if you're planning to migrate after your working holiday. Now, I also would like to then talk about the other kind of skilled pathways. So let's say you have already completed uh, qualifications and work experience and you have assessed that your occupation is on the skilled list. One thing that a, a lot of people are not aware of, depending on the occupation, will depend on the visas that you're also eligible for. So some occupations, there's no visas available because they're not on a skill shortage. Other ones, and, and I've seen this in a number of different types of hospitality roles, you will need to look to either work in regional parts of Australia to get the benefit of the, the migration pathway. And in some cases for roles such as uh, wait staff is, is one that comes to mind, you'll need to make sure that you're in a regional area that's part of what's called the Designated Area Migration Agreement. That's the DHARMA. That's a type of labour agreement. Department of Home Affairs has with either different states or local governments or, or councils that you there's certain occupations that you have a migration pathway so for the hospitality i've seen more that there's actually dharma but for some of them there are clear pathways with the other visas so that's where it can get a bit technical and why people will usually go and find an experienced immigration lawyer or migration agent to get proper advice on their pathway the visas that i've talked about in the past there are a range depending on the occupation here are some visas, but again, you'll need to check if your occupation is eligible for this visa. So the subclass 482, which is a temporary skilled shortage visa, and there's short-term, medium or long-term, depending on the occupation that you can be eligible for. For this type of visa, you'll need to actually have an employer who's an approved sponsor, and they will need to get a nomination that is approved to nominate you for that role then you can lodge a visa application. If you're on the medium and long term, you will have a, a clear pathway to permanent residency after completing your visa. Uh, there's also another one for regional areas called the subclass 494 that operates similarly to that 482. That you will still need to have a sponsor an approved sponsor who has an approved nomination for you. The difference with this, it's, it's limited to certain regional parts of Australia. And after three years, you can actually independently apply for permanent residency. So it's a good pathway visa and you wouldn't need to have sponsorship to do that. Whereas for a lot of the, the subclass 186, which is the next one that I'm going to talk about that is permanent residency but for a lot of people they need to go 
with having an employer nominate them. So you may start on one visa with the employer nominating you on the subclass 482, then you need to go to the subclass 186 and you need to continue to have an employer who successfully nominates you for that. There are some transitional options for that 186 for people who have already held the subclass 482 visa, but again, a bit complicated, so I won't dive into that much more. I mentioned the Dharma agreement, so the, the type of labour agreement. Uh, depending on the occupation will actually depend on which visas are also available. There's some good concessions, like a lot of the occupations, we will see things like English language concessions. So there may be a slightly lower requirement for your English skills. Again, you need to find out because it differs on occupation to occupation. For a lot of people, they may find in the skilled sector that they may not meet the age requirements because you need to be under the age of 45 when you apply for most of these skilled visas. Under most dharmas, there are certain concessions that are given to age. So depending on the occupation, we see anywhere from age 50 to 55. So you get a bit of extra time. Again, all of those are specific areas in Australia where there's those agreements. You would still need to have a, a sponsorship pathway. So there needs to be an employer who agrees to sponsor you, but it would be done as part of the labour agreement and then you move to a visa. For some occupations, and you would need to check, again, the state and territory nominated program, so under general skilled migration, that may be an option. The subclass 491 visa is a five-year visa, mostly regional areas. I know currently Victoria in Australia, that state, has said that um, Melbourne, you can still nominate for the subclass 491. But for all other jurisdictions currently, this advice changes regularly and why it's important to speak with someone who's in the know, the, you'll need to be in a regional area in those states when you're applying for to be nominated. But that, again, is a five-year visa. And after three years, you'll be eligible to apply for the subclass 191. That's the skilled regional. You can do that independently, which is good. So you wouldn't need to have a sponsor. The state and territory nominated. People do get prioritized to have an employment offer, but it's actually not required. So we're seeing a lot of people get success that way. But you'll need to see that your occupation, again, is eligible for this visa. In some circumstances, and it would be more limited occupations, the subclass 190, you can put in an expression of interest to be nominated by a state or territory for that, it is straight to permanent residency. But again, it's quite limited in terms of the occupations that are available and it differs each jurisdiction. So each state or territory in Australia will get to pick which occupations it's inviting uh, to apply for visas. The subclass 189 is another one that people like because it's straight to permanent residency. It's through a skill select program with the Department of Home Affairs, you would put in your expression of interest. And if you receive a nomination, you can put in a visa application. It has even more limited uh, occupations that are available. So you'd need to do your research to see if your occupation is on that list. Now, all of these different visas that I have talked about, it's also important to understand the skills assessment requirements. I will pop the, the links in, in the show notes as promised so you can do a bit of research on that. 
but I always would like to people to make sure they go and speak to a professional, someone who's qualified. Don't just certainly don't rely on what you're hearing here because this is not me giving you one-to-one advice. I'm just giving you an overview of how the processes work and your circumstances may be different. So you'll need to understand properly how to navigate that. And the best people to do that are qualified immigration lawyers and migration agents, which of course I have in my team. Now, I just wanted to say thank you once again for listening into another episode. I hope that it's been really helpful for those of you who are thinking about coming and working in hospitality in Australia. And as a special thank you, I would like to give you $50 off a consultation uh, with the team at Solvi Migration. All you need to do, go to our website, which is www.solvi, that's S-O-L-V-I, migration dot com dot au and click on book a consultation then you enter in the redeem code five zero off that's 50 off and that will give you 50 dollars off your first consultation what happens in that consultation you've heard about how complicated this can be but we can actually do a comprehensive assessment of your circumstances of your qualifications and give you clear written advice as to what the cost would be, what visa pathways and options you have available to you. And then you will be able to have in your hot little hands what the best pathway is for you. And you'll know that you've got accredited advice on how to navigate that. And of course, the team can help you with the visa lodgement as well, if you would like to engage further assistance. Thank you so much for joining in today. Just to wrap up, we have talked particularly about hospitality. And first of all, we have covered off what do I mean by hospitality? What kind of opportunities there are in the hospitality sector in Australia? We talked a bit about some of the occupations that are actually on the skilled occupation list for migration in Australia, how you would go about getting a um, your skills assessed to see that they meet the Australian requirement. And then, of course, I've talked about the different visa options that you'll have to um, navigate to see how to come to Australia to work in hospitality. I hope that this has been helpful for you. Please do like, subscribe and share with others. And feel free to pop in any comments on other things that you would like to hear in future shows. Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Making Australian Migration Easy with me, your host, Rhea Favole. If you're ready to get started on your pathway to Australia, you can book a consultation on our website, solvimigration.com.au. That's solvimigration.com.au. If you've enjoyed the show and have learned a thing or two, please share, rate and review our podcast. Your feedback means the world to us as we try and let more people know the best way to study and work in Australia in a way that sets them up for long-term success. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you later.